Hello everyone, this is him downstairs. Thanks for stopping by the basement for the Gorilla Staring Podcast, where we're taking a trip down the rabbit hole in my mind, and who knows what I might talk about, what I might say. I'll tell you this, whatever goes down will be spicy and feisty. So maybe you're off to work or on your break eating your cheese sandwich. So sit back, relax, have some snacks, and let's go. Hello, everyone. This is uh, him downstairs at the Gorilla Spitting Podcast, episode 18. We are 18 episodes. Wow. And I want to say I hit a milestone. I believe, I want to say I believe, I think I have over 73 listeners on my Spotify um, po- uh, podcast. Actually, let me let me look at that. There's a second. Yeah, 73. So I have 23 left till I get to 100. And then I can basically they'll put ads on. And then those who decide to listen to my channel, you're going to have some ads. <laughs> and please listen to those. That's how I get the little pennies and stuff like that. Um, but I want to say um, from from the sincerest of my heart, thanks to everyone who has decided to put your ears and listen to my eloquent, art, eloquent, articulate voice <laughs> and spewing my rambles, babblings, bab- babblings and um, belligerent speech when it comes to talking about myself and the things that I see in my world or in the world today, but for my uh, point of view, right? Okay, so let's get started. So I know I said, I know this weekend was, or this yesterday or the last three days, I've had a migraine and ouch, I'm telling you, it just kills me. Uh, I can handle a migraine pretty much for two days, not two days straight. It, And what I mean for three days straight, meaning that I have it and usually I have it for like eight or nine hours and then I have to take something and then it goes away and then it comes back again and then it goes away and then it comes back again. So um, the topic of tonight's podcast. Oh, I forgot to give you guys the date. Damn it. It is August 19th, 2023. It is 1055 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, Texas time. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, uh, but back to the migraines, right? So with the migraines, uh, I have them, you know, for for almost half the day or I wouldn't say half the day, quarter of the day. And then I take something and then it goes away. But then it comes back again. So uh there's different things that I take for it and nothing was working. I have, I have my own medications for it. Doesn't work. Um, I had to rest. Doesn't work. I even had acupuncture today, not because of the migraine, but it was my normal date. I mean, my normal scheduled time for acupuncture. So it just wasn't working. Nothing was working. It would go away for a while and then something would aggravate it. Like either, I don't know. Um, probably didn't drink enough water. Um, you know, I think the bigger that you are, like as far as weight, the, and especially with the diet that you consume, the more water you have to drink. Yeah. And then I've heard stuff that's, I heard, I heard people or sources like, oh, it's not necessarily the water. It's also the electrolytes that you have to replenish because you can drink enough water. And if it's sodium free, then you don't get enough of the electrolytes in there to replenish you. And thus it would just 
you know, most of the time water will just go right through you, you know. So, but everyone's on this whole trip. Drink more water, drink more water. It's like, yeah, but how much water are you going to keep drinking? Drinking drinking water isn't going to cure you. I mean, in the long run, it does. It helps, you know, it helps you, helps your blood, helps your skin, helps your muscles, helps you to, I don't know, keep, you know, keep an appetite suppressed, you know. But, um, but anyway, that's not what this topic this subject tonight is about so one of my i would say highest <laughs> one of my highest gross uh my highest rated or listened to i'll say highly listened is that even that doesn't even make sense does it no it doesn't i said one of my highly viewed or highly listened episodes was about my therapist firing me <laughs> And even though it was an interesting situation, and I'm still not even, I'm, I mean, I'm over it. But as far as like, I still have to discuss with my psychiatrist what happened because it was never, it was, you know, I still, in some ways, I don't want to report her, but I think I won't have a choice because my psychiatrist will ask me and more likely he will probably get the report anyway from her. So it will be more like I'm just saying it just to say it and say my side. And then he has to evaluate or or whatever. He has to evaluate if, if you know, was she in the right for doing so or, or what? And I can see... To be honest, I could see it going a, a, a different ways. I could see him just saying, okay, I I trust her and her judgment and I trust him. I'm not saying trust him. I, you know, I trust her. I'm going to back her up no matter what because, you know, she's my comrade, you know, and people back each other up if they work on the same team. However, you do have people that kind of throw a little bit open-minded and sometimes judgmental, sometimes of who knows he might have had a bad situation with her and and he might look at that and say okay I can see it from his side you know it really depends on really the person that their their experiences and their judgment or whatever you know so so yeah I, I need I need to address the issue that happened I'm I'm not gonna go off the deep end and try to I don't know make me the good guy and her the villain I think it was, you know, I can simply say that we just weren't, we just weren't a good fit. And that just happens. And, and this, because I'm mentioning about not being a good fit is something that I was reading, um, and a couple articles about, and, and what I understand it's with, with a lot of people today and is that I had a podcast a while back about finding a therapist and i think it was titled uh let me see what was it titled this is gonna be a long episode so i don't <laughs> um how to pick a mental health therapist and it was one of the lowest rated rated <laughs> lowest rated episodes in my podcast i think i only had like it was probably seven views seven plays seven plays well i've had some that are like the kia shmi i don't understand that you guys really need to listen to that one but maybe, I don't know, maybe you guys don't like Kia, all right? So, uh, I mean, I had some other ones. I had some other ones that were pretty low. Um, it seems like the ones about depression seem to be the ones that are, like, 
<laughs> unless it's like some unless it's like some drama or some <laughs> some some mishap that I have that caused me then like a rant then it's like oh yeah I feel the same way anyway I'm gonna bore you with this one because I mean my head's my head's I'm still like off on the medicine and I'm kind of like uh, I think this needs to be addressed and I'll say this it seems like it seems t t to me when I am not feeling well and after I'm getting a little bit better, I always want to put out um, discuss about topics relating about getting better, about having better insight or, you know, a better outlook, you know, outlook in your in your life or outlook in your life by making better choices. Whereas when I'm angry and I'm already OK. <laughs> I seem to be ranting on just complaining and whining. I don't know. Maybe it's a pattern, right? Okay, anyway, I'll, I'll get started because we're already like, how many minutes are we in this thing? Jesus, we're already like 10 minutes. We're going to waste time on this monologue stuff, right? Okay, so I wanted to continue on with this whole thing with this. My therapist fired me, and I really wanted to put out a public service announcement. Being um, a future therapist myself, or soon to be, I think it's uh, I think it's quite important to to understand when if you are going to pick a therapist, picking a therapist is is almost like picking a relation. It's like picking a partner in a relationship, and I would say even an intimate relationship. You know, because this person's going to know. I mean, in the therapist client or patient setting, this person is going to this individual that you choose is going to know your personal interests private moments possibly depending if you're if you're forthcoming and you're honest you know uh i would it, and a lot of times we maybe i've done this in the past and i've known some people that i've known personally that they just pick a therapist because they just they get a therapist and and so they just get a therapist because they have some issues and somehow or another they may not agree with all, everything that the therapist says, which is fine. I understand that. But at the same time, they're not as forthcoming with everything because they might have some hiccup about them, you know, or maybe something that the therapist might have said or exchanged in communication or dialogue where the person was like, nah, I don't really like this person. And usually they'll switch them and change them. I mean, nowadays, I more people are doing that just like, hey, nah. The, the first, first day didn't go so smooth or it's, you know, s somehow that person said something inappropriate or a little bit over the past the threshold the past the past the patient client threshold and they're just like patient client i mean over the therapist client threshold and they're just like nah nah we're done you know and uh so yeah so anyway i'm looking at this article from better help which is a company i would like to work with someday maybe in a couple years depending on how Depending on how my th therapist career goes goes um, goes as planned, um, but anyway, I'm reading this article and it's titled "Signs Your Therapist Isn't Working Out and When Is It Time to Move On." Now, this was um, updated July 31st, 2023, by their BetterHelp editorial team. Um, now, the, it doesn't explain who these individuals are, un unfortunately. So. I'm going to say fair use, but as it's, it sounds like this editorial team is, a, is comprised of researchers, writers, editors, and licensed therapists, 
who has who with a shared passion and experience for mental health they represent a group of people with diverse backgrounds and specialized education in their fields and they are responsible for maintaining thousands of published articles so it sounds like they're pretty much um you know subject matter experts of their fields and and also they get their cues and sources from you know sources such as like the dsm-5 manual and also um and they review probably they probably are supervisors and such you know lpcs uh, licensed clinical social workers whatever you know and they're always working to ensure that articles are empathetic high quality diverse and they're well written for people who have access for everyone has access to their content okay all right and then he says the better help advice section which is part of the editorial team provides readers accurate compassionate up-to-date articles on a wide variety of mental health related topics and they said they also care deeply about making vital information easily available for those who need it most okay so the article again is signs your therapist isn't working out when it's time to move on um this is probably something i should have read before <laughs> before i let it continue on with uh as long as it did because as i said i had like about four to five sessions and last session was the worst one and it just wasn't just wasn't working out right okay so it says if you've been in therapy for a while you don't see much progress in your goals for treatment you might feel like therapy doesn't work so um i can see that where there is the um, the first day where is the intake where everything is you know it's kind of it's kind of and everything is anxious unknown you know the patient's anxious client the, the the therapist might be anxious we're just wondering what's going on you might get a little bit of information from let's say the forms they filled out if they filled it out properly you know like what's going on have they been in therapy for a while why they're in therapy what made them decide to come in you know blah 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 that right and then it goes that first session is always the we want to help you that introduction like we want to help you i want to I want to re it's always about reassuring you reassure the client like hey I want to make sure that you know whatever you say doesn't it's not gonna leave it's gonna stay between you and me in a safe stable environment you can be free you can say whatever you want however you want you know it doesn't matter just you know there's some there's some, there's a few guidelines like you have to be we have to be a, that we that we have to be aware of such as if you try to if you say anything about threatening abusing yourself or anyone then more likely i have to report it you know the therapist will have to report it right okay so um so you might feel like therapy doesn't work for you if that's the case you might have a mental health professional who isn't exactly a good fit understanding the potential signs of a bad therapist such as unethical behaviors lack of insight may allow you to inform may allow you to make informed decisions about when to move on so it's saying here that depending on the the therapist that you come in contact with and um, you know there's unethical behaviors such as like sometimes inappropriate relationships um you, you know i have heard situations where the therapist or not necessarily the therapist the patient might fall for the therapist and vice versa and, or sometimes and when they say unethical that can be one sign unethical behavior would be like uh for instance if i 
if I have a coworker, and this hap- this happens, this happens. Well, doesn't happen, but in in situations where where I work, right? Where I work, I work at the Department of Veterans Affairs, right? So I deal. I have coworkers who some of them like to confine in me about things, personal things, because maybe they feel that they know my background they know that i went to school and so sometimes they really ask me some questions that you know they they would ask a therapist but they don't want to see a therapist they don't want to pay a therapist pretty much and so they kind of just want to ask like a really clear-cut question like what such and such happens and you know and, and with the lack of expertise i have or i would say I'm knowledgeable, but not licensed, right? So I have to be very careful on how I, you know, go about it. Now, if I was licensed and then all of a sudden um, they would say, hey, I have a private, let's just say two years from now I have a license and I run into that same person again, right? And and they say, hey, I remember you from, um, you know, VA. And I'm like, sure, yeah, why not? And then they would ask, and then all of a sudden they went, oh, can can I be your client? You know, I'd like to have a session. And that would be unethical, right? Okay, so that's just an example. I know, long drawn out, right? All right, so, or lack of insight, meaning that you might go to therapy and you, because you need it, but you feel that after a while it's not going anywhere. Some There are some situations, or I would say even some ther- therapists, or even the intervention might be wrong or the theory the the tech the therapy might be wrong you know let's say you might need someone who let's say you just do cpt all day uh, cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy and that person doesn't work with that it doesn't suit their needs you know maybe they need act or pct or something like that solution focused therapy or whatever and it's not working on them so this lack of insight meaning that as a therapist you're supposed to be trained to detect these things when it's not working you know it's not just like you can just wave a hand over them and say oh i know what's wrong with you (laughs) you know and and at the same time there's there's verbal cues nonverbal cues where you see that okay this isn't going anywhere where you feel like you're just at a you're just at you're just stuck right uh so yeah so you know it now this being the therapist sometimes the um, the client might feel i wouldn't say guilty but they would feel that okay i'm revealing all this information this is new now you have some clients that are not they're pretty much you know they they've been going to therapy forever or therapy for a while or they just have the you know the the point in their head they like hey this isn't working i need something else you know where is this going to go where is this going to lead like some people want therapy kind of like a a a car like it's supposed to take me to point a point b supposed to give me this amount of mileage supposed to have this range you know whatever so all these things can take into account sometimes the and sometimes the the client is might be reluctant to move on because they feel comfortable although they might be feeling the same but it depends on but like i said that depends on the client you know that depends on the client too therapists can only pull so much or get so much from you the client also has to be giving as well if they're not honestly or genuinely genuinely giving you know they're just it doesn't work it doesn't work for anyone it's just a waste of time waste of time and and waste of time and money really money on the 
ther- on the client side and waste of time on the therapist side. Therapist could be doing something else or helping another client, whatever. Okay. So, uh, continues a therapeutic alliance with your therapist can be essential. Uh, if you don't find that your mental health issues are improving or believe that your sessions worsen your mood, it can signify a need to find a right match in a new provider. Now, uh, the way this person, the way this is written, this is sounds like the, um, the therapist is going to be the key to unlocking everything's going to make you feel happy. I, I think, as I said, the client the therapist provides reassurance for the client at first, but at the same time, the therapist, and I didn't mention this at the, in, in the beginning, but the therapist has, has to make the client aware that this is not all the therapist's work. It's also required on the client to be forthcoming and to be true about their situations. And that means if you have to give out information that could be I don't know, um, very personal, then in, in order for, for you to, in order to, you know, to progress and to have a successful, um, not only successful session, but also perhaps, you know, moving towards that, that goal of have, of, um, of having that positive outlook and not saying being cured, but understanding where you stand, it's, it's imperative for that client to be forthcoming and to be honestly forthcoming, you know, regardless. Of, and also at the same time telling the therapist, Hey, if, if you know, you're not cutting, you're not doing anything for me. It, it, what I used to do um, when I would conduct sessions with um, my clients as, as an intern, I would often, I would start, you know, the, the intake would be, you know, it would be over an hour. It usually is an hour, but mine would be over an hour because I want to make sure that they know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, it, it's kind of like in me, like a relationship. I want to tell that person everything about me. So that way they make the choice. You just don't look at the pictures and say, oh, okay, I like the pictures and I want to, and I want to hook up. No, I want to tell you everything what you're getting into to the point that you either don't want to be around which is fine with me, or you want to continue, you know, continue on having the therapy, right? So, uh, so anyway, it says, if you don't find that your mental health issues are improving, you believe that your sessions worsen your mood, it can signify a need to find the right match in a new provider. Like I said, I, I, I find this a little bit misleading because I think, as I said before, the client also has, they have, they have to fulfill their side of the bargain too, okay? While it's relevant to know that some things can definitely seem worse in the beginning of effective counseling you, as you are challenging cognitive skills, behaviors, attitudes, etc. So it's like that whole, uh, it's that whole part of the therapist trying to break that wall because, you know, everyone is going to have a wall most of the time, especially in, when you're in an environment where it's just, if we're, where one person is focusing their attention on you and it's a stranger and you sometimes feel uncomfortable. You know, if it was your friend, you can, you can throw up whatever defense mechanism or just, Hey, get the F off me. Even, even a stranger, you could do the same thing, but it, it's a little bit different when you're coming there to, you know, you're volunteering yourself most of the time saying, I have an issue and I need this to be addressed. This needs to be fixed. And yet nothing's being, no one is, is nothing's being done right 
Okay, so it, so it says uh, such as intensification should be relatively short-lived, so you should quickly move on to experiencing positive prog- progress. And as I said, that's the point. But in order to have that, the therapist has to be competent. The therapist has to be aware of the client if you feel like they're if they feel like the client isn't progressing enough. And sometimes in my situation with the therapist that I had, I felt that we were progressing. However, this whole issue about the being late now, like you said, to some people, that's is quite important. You know, if it's bleeding over into another, if, if it's like if the person, if the individual, the client's late and and the and let's say the therapist has other clients, that's where that's where the therapist needs to be like, OK, um, you know, things are OK. You know, my my first I, I put myself I put the situation on first. I tend to ask, like, is everything okay? You know, you know, kind of like a, because I understand it's mental health. Some people are just not forthcoming. I'm not going to assume that once you sign it, you sign a contract, you're saying, okay, I'm going to be there, but you might have second thoughts. You may not want to give your information up. You might, and especially if it's mental health, I can always throw caution to the wind. I can always throw a situation where you're not ready to talk about things like that. It might be too much for you. You might even have an episode. But something else that went on that has nothing to do with the therapy session, right? Okay, so um, yeah, so it says ther- So now we go into therapist red flags and inappropriate behavior, right? Many individuals might seek to give mental health professionals the benefit of the doubt and assume they are experienced and professional. However, identifying conflicts with your therapist might be challenging if you've never been in therapy or feel unsure about your treatment plan. Yeah, it's it goes with the situation where sometimes the client may not necessarily want well they might want they may not want to continue on with therapy but because they're unsure about the treatment plan and such they feel like oh some might feel compelled like oh if i i some feel compelled to stay because they think that if i don't then maybe this type of um dialogue or attention that i'm getting from this therapist regardless if it's positive or negative is part of the plan because it's new and experienced. Now, you'll get some uh, clients who've been in therapy for years. You know, to some degree, I question that, but okay. They, you know, and it depends, you know, they might have had some as a child and as a teenager and then as an adult. Yeah, that's understandable, you know? And with that, they already know what they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be feeling, you know? And if they don't get it, they're just like, hey, I gotta move on, you know? So, uh, so below it says are several bad therapist signs you might notice from an unprofessional or inappropriate provider okay so the first one says they are not listening that is the most important as far as the therapist therapist is not supposed to be in a way a therapist is not supposed to give you advice however they do kind of tiptoe around it you know kind of stick their foot and their toes in it but not try to full blown say oh i think you i think i need you know you need to do this you need to uh, let's just say something like you need to not deal with your boyfriend or your part excuse me you may you do not need to deal with your partner because your partner does because of your partner's choices you feel disrespected now that might be the issue you know but you're not supposed to say yeah i think you need to break up with your boyfriend now you know or I, I think you need to break up with your partner now, unless they're saying, unless they're doing something physically, you know, harmful or mentally harmful or verbally, whatever, then yeah. Other than that, you're not, you're supposed to just give them, you know, give them clues how you feel, 
what's the best what would be the best why would you do why would you do these things um could you see any other possibilities you know in some ways that that's why some people i would say some people feel like mental health is worthless because in some ways it just gets you if you already have these things in your head you can figure these things out yourself and then whereas a, a mental health therapist is unneeded you know it's just more and more talk 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 and you're not able to and you should be able to move forward and my response to that is not everyone is is built like that not everyone is resilient not everyone has the will to do that you sure you might hear your friends say that but those are your friends sometimes certain people need to be need their buttons pushed by someone else to be just to notice it whereas they're comfortable with their friends and they're used to their friends and they know that their friends will always most of the time will have their back but a therapist will see and says no no we need to look at this from a complete it's just like if you had a doctor right you, you most patients have doctors that are complete strangers to them they don't know their background they don't know where they grew up sure they might have grown up in the same town my same country might be the same nationality same maybe same ethnicity but they have different backgrounds different experiences that they would never know about so taking so you're willing to take a chance on a doctor or on a surgeon but you're not willing to take a chance on a therapist you know i'm not trying to throw i'm not trying to be the devil's advocate i'm saying is that these are for those that responses for those who feel that therapy and mental health is worthless you know and and to to be honest like i said there is some truth to what they say but at, as i say at the same time and, and i say in the same the flip side to that is you go and see a doctor you go and see a nutritionist you go see a personal trainer which you have no idea who they are know their background no experiences but yet you're willing to trust them so trust the therapist a therapist is going to and here's the thing you can always leave you're not bounded by you're not held at gunpoint you're not held captive you're not under siege there's no guards at the door you can freely walk walk away you know anyway anyway so this is in therapy active listening from a counselor can be beneficial in helping client feel heard yes reassurance as i said reassurance uh, and such clients may struggle to progress if their therapist ignores them or changes the subject while when they're speaking yeah that's it's a turn off it's just kind of like when you have a relationship with someone you know you're telling them something and they want to talk about something else and and you feel like you're not being heard right a good therapist should work to hear you respond to what you say repeat your concerns back to ensure they heard you correctly yes you know uh, paraphrasing uh, i would say that's one you know just constantly just saying so what i'm so a lot of times therapist says so what i'm hearing you say is you know <laughs> and so that's and usually i use that as a point of like in the middle of a therapy session just kind of kind of summarizing the whole thing from my point of view to make sure that not only not only i'm getting what they're saying but they're also they're also knowing that they accept they're hearing what i'm saying and i'm no i'm listening to what they're saying and i'm speaking it in my words but to uh, words that they understand it so that they know that oh okay he is listening to me right okay so it says they may listen to what you say and also consider any underlying meanings you shouldn't generally have to worry about what not to say to your therapist because their job is to provide a safe space of non-judgmental listening where you can just 
be honest and share things openly. You can, you can tell your therapist about a lot of things, but still be aware of what not to say to your therapist. When your therapist doesn't understand you, they may ask to clarify questions. Yeah, there's times I've asked, like, what do you mean by that? You know, I want to make sure I hear certain things. I, normally, if I'm having a conversation with, with someone, I always... I'm always asking who is they when they say they did this to me who is they you know or when a, or when I give a person like at work if I if I tell a person listen I can make an appointment for you to see the optometrist okay it would be like at work and when a person says I want to see the eye I want to see the eye person right so we have an optometrist and we have an optician <clears throat> optometrist does the eye exams right and uh optician is the one who actually gives gets you the length the frames and lenses and fits you you know fits you for the glasses right so when the person says i would need to see the eye person i have to say specifically for what do you want a eye exam or do you want or do you have a prescription already in hand you know or current prescription in hand you want to see you know get frames and lenses right Okay, so, so like I said, when they don't understand, when they don't understand, they may ask clarifying questions to help gain more complete understanding of the client's point. Right. Overall, a therapist should address your concerns, um, interest with interest or uh, off or offer relevant advice. Right. So as I said, we do offer advice. However, we try not to tell you what to do. You know, I try not to to tell them what to do unless it's something that has an element of. Of danger to it and especially if i now like i said me i'm a little bit slower when it comes to therapy sessions i'm not really quick to check the box because i think checking the box to some people and especially me being a veteran i'm kind of already hip to the questions i already know what to say what not to say i already know what to do not to do but for me i i need to understand you and i think and i think from a respect and courtesy i think that goes a long way because for me this is this we're in it for the i look at it we're in there for the long haul not for the short haul i want i want you to be in therapy so that you are not in therapy so that you come you know you know i we get your confidence up we build you back up to where you were before you had these issues and now having these issues i'm here to provide insight and perhaps coping mechanisms so that when these things do occur you can just you have these coping mechanisms in place that you can handle it and then you no longer need to see me unless it's something that comes up again or just like a maintenance thing. So it's just like, a, you know, get your oil change every now and then, right? Okay, anyway. So it could be a sign. Now, it's, it brings this in interesting point. says, it could be a sign your therapist isn't listening if they engage in the following behaviors. So one would be talking about their own life for the majority of the session or when you bring something about yourself. Okay, so I do see therapists oftentimes, and when I say therapists, I even I even been in a situation like this myself, where I've talked about a situation of mine, um, whereas the I felt that the client really wasn't listening, and to the point where I have to kind of I had not kind of I had to stop it. I had to stop me talking about myself because I felt like the client really wasn't engaging, and 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 oftentimes I've. I've been in I've been shadowing therapists where they just don't say nothing and the client doesn't say anything and I to me I'm just I'm itch I'm like I'm white knuckling I'm like itching I was like geez you got somebody's gotta say some shit or throw a rock in the room or something <laughs> All right. So then the second one would be uh, appearing disengaged by looking out of a window, focusing on items in their office or si or sign. Right. Uh, 
yeah i mean that that can be another issue or another sign ignoring what you said and bringing up a new topic uh yeah that's just uh, uh, telling you that your feelings are weird or don't make sense engaging in phone calls that was one therapist i had years and years and years and years ago and uh, she was a christian therapist and not to not to not to put down religion or christianity but I felt that she was being too judgmental, and especially when she was judging my relationship, saying that it sounds like uh, you need to tell her you're, you know, you need to tell her that she's not serious or you're not serious about this marriage. And it's just like, wow, you took, you know, and regardless if I was, I was probably in my early 20s, like late 20s. And so from her point of view was you're just kids, you know, like, OK, <laughs> and maybe that was maybe that's me being closed-minded you know whatever but i still felt that at the end of that session it was just like wow like all the stuff i explained was not good enough <laughs> so anyway engaging in phone calls and any other people well that's just blatant disrespect right that's you know you're wasting the client's time with that okay so then there's judgmental behavior that's another one where it says if you feel judged by your therapist it's definitely a red flag and definitely time find a new provider it's the point where the client feels that they have it's kind of you know the client is walking into this room with you with the therapist right and they and the only thing they know is very little information if it's on a piece of paper or through a phone call conversation they just you know they have no idea but all of a sudden the therapist already knows as they walk in the room what their problem is after hearing certain things after talking back and forth after 45 minutes you already know what needs to be fixed and to me that's a little that's that's definitely disrespectful disrespecting the client because one the client has oh the client is just more than a 20 minute fix or a 30 minute fix you know if it was that easy the client would have solved it on its own or somebody would have already provided that client insight on what to do now if it's something like you know hey i'm having trouble um i'm having trouble filling out this application or filling out this form for benefits what do i do oh you need to do this or what should i say to my provider if i'm feeling this way oh you should say this that's different but you know being judgmental and saying oh well you know you really need to i think you need to get i think you guys need to break up because you guys are not listening to each other <laughs> that's that's not that's not positive one that's not positive and then two that's completely disrespecting and being and being oblivious to the, the client you're not you're just saying okay i already know what's the problem before they even really tell you because there could be some other issues there could be some other issues from the client side in their childhood that you have no idea about which has caused them to have a really perhaps a perhaps a and i'm using hypothetically a narrow-minded view on relationships or a jaded view on relationships you know okay so anyway um uh a healthy therapist okay so it says if you feel judged by your therapist uh no where was i okay therapists are held to a code of ethics by the american psychological association judgmental and shameful behavior is an ethical violation yeah it's it's definitely unethical Right. Healthy therapists may aim to understand your words, perspectives and goal, goals without criticism or judgment. Exactly. That's the whole point of me getting to know you. I get to know what your triggers are, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel bad. So I know when you're coming in, I know and I know from, let's say, the look on the expression on your face, your heart rate, if you're sweating, then I know you might be anxious, you might be excited, you might even be angry. 
Then I know like how you walk in, how you smell. Anyway, I take all of those things in consideration. That's the whole point of having therapy for, I wouldn't say a considerable time, but enough time for me to establish a pattern, a, a, the pattern of you, a pattern of your highs and lows. And, you know, that's what you look out for, you know, even to the point if we even have to go to a phone call, right? I'm going to know by your pitch, you know, and your tone, if you're in a good mood or not, right? Now, I might, now I, there's sometimes I'm totally wrong. I will ask the question like everything's going okay. And, you know, and they'll say everything's fine. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. What's, what, what's, what's going on? I'm hearing that you're, you know, I won't say, oh, you're going on your high pitch, Rico. Why are you doing your high pitch again? <laughs> you got a deep voice. Now, all of a sudden you sound like a, uh, what's they say, the castrati? <laughs> it's, you know, Vienna Boys Choir or something, right? Anyway, um, so, uh, so they say a healthy therapist may accept your identities and reward your accomplishments during during therapy sessions it could be a red flag if they punish or judge you for behaviors about what you feel ashamed of so yeah that's also a low blow too you know you you don't that's a major red flag like i said my the only therapist i think i've had that one instance was that as i said that uh christian one and and i just felt and after that it turned me off from it turned me one it turned me off from going to any type of christian counselor and then number two it turned me off from any female counselor or therapist i mean i had some but i just preferred male because it was just i mean females is i probably talk to more females than i do males in my lifetime but as far as knowing my intimate secrets and such I think there is a boundary there I don't cross with women, especially women I don't, or let's say women that I'm platonic with versus men I'm platonic with. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that's a, if the thing about initial attraction, like I'm supposed to, since I'm attracted to women, I just feel like only ones I want them to know about things like that are women that I'm intimately into, you know? Whereas a therapist, I, I don't see that. And probably because it's, I could probably just, you know, probably i probably have some hiccup with the whole thing of authority and then a female and i don't know it could be like a i don't think it's a chauvinistic thing or i feel like oh no females are this and males are that no i just feel more comfortable revealing i just find females to be more judgmental and that's just that's just me you know anyway uh and that even went with the last therapist i had i felt in some way she was not being i wouldn't say being judgmental but just being aggressive especially with this thing like oh you should know this already you should know this already like why are you giving me a lesson when i'm i'm asking for therapy not the lesson the lesson isn't to know what i need to know about how to handle situations you just need to come at me as if i'm i'm not a i'm not a um a graduate but that but that but that was my but at the end i could say that was my fault too because i did tell her that in the beginning and maybe i should have kept my mouth shut on that that would probably wouldn't have been a situation for her to address now as i said because you are the client is being forthcoming with their information the therapist needs to understand with their ethical with their code of conduct the code of ethics excuse me code of ethics they need to know what is appropriate versus what is appropriate and relevant to what is unnecessary and irrelevant to say you know and what i said what i thought before when she said you should know this to me it was a bit irrelevant it just no it was no sorry not irrelevant it was inappropriate 
Okay. All right. So uh, therapists are trained to provide validating, empathetic, and professional care while respecting confidentiality. A trained therapist may focus on helping you make the positive behavioral changes you deserve. Now, be, okay. So here are some few examples of of harmful statements from a therapist, right? You're not a good parent if you do that. You know, you need more self-sufficiency. You're too lazy. Your self-destructive behaviors are for attention. Uh, I can't help you if you don't open up to me immediately. Your mental mental illness is just an excuse for your behavior, right? That, those are usually people, I, I usually run in, I, I have a few people that I know who are like that and they are not into mental health. They're not into therapy. I would say they're probably not empathetic. I mean, they probably are to just certain to certain people or to, for certain reasons. But you know, yeah, that person who just doesn't believe in mental health, there's no use in trying to sell them that. To them, to them, you're probably just some person selling snake oil or some holy elixir that's not going to do anything for them. You know, they already they already see the world of how it is. They already know what's right and wrong. You know, what's black and white. They don't see gray. You know, they just see things their way. And that's fine. And usually, I just don't try to try to not try to sell them the concept, not try to sell them the concept of mental health, or have them try to grasp the concept of mental health. It's just more. It's just a dead issue. It's like you know, with those individuals, I say sooner or later you are going to understand how mental health is effective. You know how mental health can affect you, like positive and negative wise, meaning that either you know. And no, I won't talk about that. That's a personal situation. It, it, I would, my mother would be a good example of that, right? Okay. So if a therapist pressures you, expresses a bias towards your gender or minority identity, makes you feel judged or doesn't accept your boundaries. Yeah, that's definitely a red flag and you definitely need to go. Because, and you honestly, those people, that type of therapist may need to be reported. <laughs> Okay, inappropriate advances. I mean, that's kind of self-explanatory. You, the last thing you want is a person that you're trying to confine in, trying to be inappropriate with you. Okay, uh, you know, it, you're in a you're in a vulnerable position being with that one individual, regardless if it's a phone call, telehealth, or in the office with them face to face, right? Um, you know, if there's any indication that your therapist is starting to take the advantage of that position, yeah, you need to just leave and report them, you know. Uh, you know, the point is you should be able to work with your therapist without worrying about that situation. Like, it doesn't have to rely on just sex or or, in, or being inappropriate, right? Uh, that, just sex is an example, you know. Uh, any physical contact like your therapist initiating hugs or inappropriate touching should be addressed or not tolerated. At first, when I was doing internships, I when I was doing my internship, I was really had this boundary. And I think it was, and, and to me, I think it was more of the, um, you know, some people had this thing with the COVID, you know, they didn't want to be, you know, too close and all that, which I understood that. Um, I kind of just kept my boundaries. But the more and more I, depending on, and it also depends on the individual. Like, with children, I was, I wasn't too, I wasn't touchy, you know, because I understand kids they could take it any other way. They could take it different ways, and then, and then being in the relationship I was with them, and in the and in the position I was, I didn't want to do that. You know, I wanted to be that person. 
you know, to be somewhat like their friend or be friendly and empathetic, but at the same time not saying, hey, we're buddies, we can go out and play kickball, we go out and color, you know, do, play coloring books or watch TV. You know, I didn't want to do that, you know. Uh, and, and you know, like I said, the, the client should just tell the therapist, hey, it's not working out, just leave. You don't need to tell them why. You don't need to say that. You know, then you need to more likely, and then when you get in a situation where you feel safe, just report them. I, I, I'm fully in agree with that. Now, don't report them falsely, because then that's wrong. Because then, you know, if some person's willing to help, and I'm not saying if they're extending their hand in friendship, you know, that's what the whole thing of the desk is for, really. It's like a barrier. You still have that barrier, but at the same time, you have to practice, you know, the therapist has to practice on their skills of being empathetic, being soft-spoken when they need to, not necessarily pushing, you know, pushing their buttons, not, you know, you know, just getting them in a position where they feel comfortable with you, but not too comfortable that they feel like, oh man, we could, you know, we could go hang out at Chili's or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, can't do that, right? Okay, so they say things like, according to the APA, American Psychological Association, uh, romantic or sexual dual relationships with clients are not allowed unless two years have passed since treatment. I wouldn't even do that. I mean, I've known situations like that has happened before. I mean, not where I worked, but I've heard it, you know, from client, from other clients and people I worked with, you know, I've heard that. Even if you consent to a relationship, dual relationships aren't ethical and the therapist can lose the license. I just, if, like I said, if you had a relationship with a, a friend of yours and then all of a sudden they become a therapist, don't do that. Let them, have them recommend you to a therapist or recommend you to what is the best one. I've done that where, not to relationships, not to intimate relationships, but like coworkers. I've just said, oh, you know, help me find a therapist. You know, they, it's, they think finding a therapist is like finding a dentist or, you know, an, or, uh, <laughs> or physical therapist. It's not like that. It's specific. You got to look for specifics, right? Um, lack of progress. That's a big one. Lack of progress can be typical and understandable to leave the first therapy session with the impression that no progress has been made. Now, as I said, I think for me, the biggest sell, and, I, and it is a sell to the client, is you want to give them the reassurance that things are going to be okay. Things are going to be for the better. There is a glimmer of hope that look, there is going to be a better horizon for you um, if you stick with me. You know, if we do this together, this journey is not, I cannot fulfill, I cannot fulfill this journey without you. You know, you can fulfill it with anyone else, but if you want to do it with me, we have to do it together. We can't just, I can't just work behind the scenes. It's not going to just be you. It's, it's going to be both of us. Okay. Um, and I think that's like sometimes why those unethical behaviors or, or those relationships come in because only time a person would give that uh let's say only time you receive that type of attention is someone who's interested in you you know and some people are like i've never had this type of i never had a person like this who's cared for my needs so generally you know it's like a kind of like a force of habit generally i'm just going to be drawn to you or attracted to you you know and sometimes sex does come in because sex in some ways is a way is a form of communication it's telling someone expressing their feelings towards you you know so um so you'd say uh, you know uh to leave the first therapy session with the impression that no progress has been made because intake sessions tend to require gathering information about your patient 
goals and other relevant background details to help your therapist get to know you better. I've been in therapy for a while. However, if you've been in therapy for a while and still don't perceive that you've made any progress from first day, it can indicate that your therapist is not a proper fit. So I think after a while, you know, like I said, it's 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 not often linear. Um, there are time there are some up and down phases. There are times that it's just boring. It could be I've had some clients where we have had venting sessions where the I mean the the clients just vented. It hasn't gone anywhere. There are some that you know where we were supposed to talk about one situation something came up abruptly and that took over everything and then it led to another situation <laughs> so um it's you know it depends on your client it depends on what your client goes through through the day and if they trust you enough they're going to talk to you about everything you know if it's just about one topic or one subject and they just do that and they focus on that i don't know i kind of feel i mean i'll help them but i feel that there's a lot more you know, I mean, if they have they just have one issue to talk about, then they don't really need therapy. They just need more of just guidance on what I should focus on. What's more important? What do I need to do? What are my coping skills? You know, what do I need to go back to what I need to regress to? You know, you know, maybe maybe I need to, I don't know, change my appearance. Maybe I need to, you know, I don't know, exercise, get more confidence, you know, things like that. Right. That's more like a self. That's like self-help right there. Uh, okay, so in some cases, lack of progress may be a due may be due to the wrong type of treatment, particularly concerns such as bipolar disorder or other disorders. Um, for example, some patients experience symptoms related to trauma may not benefit from therapist ba uh, based behavioral advice when they speak when they seek validation of their experiences. Right. So you have some that would speak about validations of the experiences, and then some need to be just recognize the trauma and then try to come with their own conclusions of what to do. Not necessarily you're talking down to them, you know, you're not leaving them alone, but just re-evaluate the trauma, right? Um, they may interpret, interpret, interpret that a suggestion to change behavior does not consider their entire experience, which feels like blaming or disregarding their feelings. Therapists who tailor their sessions to a client based on what is most helpful and yields the most results may see more benefits. Right. You always therapists would try to always take the positive route. At the same time, there are days they have to take the road less traveled. They have to kind of dig deep and get into maybe not being firm, but getting to those situations where the client may not want to talk about or discuss, not forcing, not prying it open, but just gradually going into there reassuring them hey we're going to talk about this one day we have to talk about this someday and and now the client can always just say no 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 pump your brakes i'm going to talk about it right okay so then there's inappropriate sharing which is kind of going to the thing of the you know the unethical behavior uh you know you're it's like if the therapist is talking more about themselves uh, you know, you feel it, it, sometimes the client might feel like the therapist is just hindering the process. Like, damn, the only thing you're talking about is your damn self. You know, that's when you kind of need to move on. Like most of these, 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 um, I would say, uh, flags are considerable enough for 
for you to just to move on i wouldn't necessarily tell a therapist like like the situation with my therapist or my ex-therapist i wouldn't tell her that you know i felt that your your behavior was a little bit inappropriate because then that changes the whole situation that changes the dynamic between you and the therapist because if you if you're going off on that on the therapist like that pretty much it's done i mean that's how i feel it's done because if that's how the therapist is if that's the therapist's approach you're not in a way, it's just not working for you. It will work for someone else. It doesn't say the therapist is bad. It just says that it's not working for you. You're not getting what you're not being fulfilled. You're not getting. You're not making progress. I wouldn't say being fulfilled. I would say you're not getting pro. You're not achieving progress. You're not moving towards that per, that uh, that path. You know. So, uh, like I said, inappropriate sharing. Then there's counter transference, which is it was really important. Uh, we could say. In supportive therapy, counter-transference occurs when a therapist treats a patient positively or negatively due to a personal association that reminds them of that person. So in a situation where I've had clients talk to me about their relationships, especially, let's say, who is the, um, the you know, the, the, the let's say the, the hero versus the villain, right? Like the victim, the victim and the villain, right? So the you know you might talk to the villain who says all these things and is quite truthful, is quite open, and you have this opinion because they remind you of somebody that wronged you, or you might, or it might even be the opposite. You might have a person who's going through a relationship problem or abuse problem, and you went through that, and so you tend to act as if that you're projecting your feelings or you're projecting your opinions onto that person, which is unethical. You know, it's not you're not supposed to. It's, it goes with the uh, um, with the APA. You know, um, you're not. It's unethical to project your own feelings, values, belief systems onto your client because you're not in session. They are okay. Which, in some ways, when I felt when when my therapist said something about discontinuing our our therapy, to me was more of I felt it was. I mean, obviously. To some degree, I felt it was personal. I felt it was more personal than more professional. Um, now, maybe she's been doing it. Maybe the therapist has been doing it for a considerable period of time. And that maybe there's a threshold for me and her to have a a therapeutic relationship. Whereas, let's say, if I was late a couple times, maybe if maybe I was seeing her for the six, six or seven months, you know, once a week. And then all of a sudden, the seventh month, I was just late she'd probably have a better understanding. Whereas this one, it was just real new. You know, she heard my experiences. She knows my background. So she's just like, you know, we'll just nip this in the bud because it's not going to work. You know, to, you know, you can completely take it as a objective. But for me, I'm taking it as subjective because I'm the individual and where I feel that, okay, I think that in some ways I could say that I felt that she used, she was being inappropriate. I felt that some ways that, she was using my information, which she's she used my background, which she which she has stated in past uh, th uh, therapy sessions that I should know, you know, such as proof like I should know these things because I'm I'm going to be a therapist. You should know these things, which I felt that that was taken in consideration for her to be to say, OK, we're just going to end it despite like I said, the other things to consider, like, yeah, I was late a couple. I was late twice. <laughs> late twice to to her that does it that does provide an unprofessional um that would be unprofessional because in some ways if she had if she had other clients that means that means if she talks to me then she's going to be late for them and it causes a 
domino effect which that makes her unprofessional so it's better to her to say you know i'll just nip this in the bud because then we can just find somebody else who you can talk to who will be able to deal with your time uh, constraints rather than i talked rather than i talk to you and constantly be late and then constantly now having to adjust time you know like i said i i've been in situations like that before like i said i understand it but then i don't okay it's just the just the the how it got to the end which made it a little bit um um a little bit awkward you know um then they go to other things like uh, unresponsiveness which you know if you if, you know if your therapist doesn't uh, promptly respond after you reached out to them you know that's just like you know, that's like that can go anything from like making appointments with them or to after like an assessment or even after a therapy session, you know, it's been two or three weeks and you're like, what's going on? And they haven't spoken to you or anything. You know, usually you're supposed to follow up with them that day of like, hey, you want a therapy session? Or sometimes if that doesn't happen like that way, I usually follow up after a week. You know, kind of like see where we're we going, touching base with this. You know, things are okay. You know, it's, it's like you want to check up on them, right? And then there's lack of challenges. Like I said, this goes into the the the, the point of uh, inappropriate sharing, lack of progress, where you feel like it's just not going anywhere. You know, you don't feel like you're being challenged enough. Like some there, some patients or clients want to be pushed. You know, I I I can probably as a newbie, I could say I don't try to push uh, unless I know the client for a particular. Uh, period of time but that's with you now i'll probably deal with clients that have been been in the mental health therapy system for quite a while and they want results you know they want it like like minute rice <laughs> you know and it's like i'm not going to do that because i don't know you and for me to know you and and that goes back to the point if all those therapists if if, if therapy works so well for you why am i even here why are you even talking to me you know this isn't a test you know, you're, you're using valuable resources to talk to me, using money and time. And now you want to talk to me. If it works so well, why am I in the picture? You know, and, you know, sometimes you have to ask that question. Um, broken trust. Uh, all healthy relationships require trust. Uh, this certainly applies to uh, to your relationship with a professional clinician. Lack of trust may hinder your therapeutic process. I believe in that too. If you and that goes with the whole thing, the unethical, you know, the unethical behavior, um, you know, lack of professionalism. That that you know that therapeutic relationship is so important. And like I said, it goes from the beginning of the intake to the termination. You know termination of your client meaning that you're terminating the relationship you know referring them to some other services or they feel like they they have accomplished all they, they made all their goals and their progress you know and it's time to say you know adieu yeah that's all important you know uh they therapists should not reach out to someone without a sign approval approval from you you know it there should be you know there should be boundaries but at the same time there should be that that, that that dialogue between you and that client to make sure that everything that you do from this point on once you're talking to the point that you're in is okay with them you know you know constantly get reassurance and such not not overbearing but just enough right okay so 
so here it goes went to in a therapist relationship if you recognize any signs uh, any of the signs or the red flags above it's like i said it's, it's just re repeating this is this article is just constantly repeating the it's time to break off your relationship um if you aren't comfortable about them about talking to them or confronting them in person you can always just you know send them a phone or email or text you know just the reasons and 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 i would say some of them i would say some of these red some of those red flags you could just simply say i'm just going to go to see a new therapist i just don't think it's i just think our, our situation is not working out you know now then there's some i think that they should be reported you know i i believe um but like i said teachers teachers own you have to figure out what is your what is your um you know what will break it what is the last straw that will break it you know all right uh then it breaks into other counseling options such as like finding a new therapist i would say psychological psychology today is pretty good uh you can send them messages um call them and and most and some of them will tell you if they're taking new clients or not i i feel that that's important too because you might really like a therapist on their bio but then find out that shoot they can't take any new clients and ask them if they can't ask them who they would refer you know i i, I mean i am pretty much open to helping individuals to find a therapist if they feel like you know just asking them questions not you know not doing therapy but just asking certain questions like what what's what do you feel is um what's most important for you you know it's kind of like in, in, like in a relationship you this is one thing I, I noticed this in relationships they don't ask this like in the beginning like if you go on these dating sites right they tend to and i'm going off subject here and what time is it because i know we we're oh my god we we're past an hour this is gonna be one of the longest therapies it's gonna be the one longest podcast ever <laughs> okay i'll probably just um just trying to see what this is yeah it's almost over anyway um I, I i would say probably and i'm going off subject here probably in a relationship people need to be honest with each other and i i know you hear that over and over again and people say you have to have trust and such but one thing i think one thing i believe in what people need to is what expectations you have of each other and what expectations you have of the relationship i think that was one of the few things i've had trouble like when it came to dating and finding somebody was when i would ask what are the expectations like what do you expect from your man to do for you what do you expect what do you expect a relationship to be now some of these relationships were long distance relationships so the parameters were a little bit different and then sometimes also the persons i was dealing with wasn't always i don't think that was important to them what their expectations they just wanted to be they would say the general stuff i want to be treated right i want to be respected i want to be loved who I, as as i am um i don't want the person cheat on me i don't want the person to hit on me or beat me i don't want the person to abuse me i don't want the person to just you know whatever it's just the same things and it was never something like nothing of specifics like oh i want a person to provide for me you know give me you know give me my resources give me money it, it, it's like some people were were felt ashamed of of saying stuff like that and i and to me i think i believe that was the, if you being honest that lets me know where i stand like okay if you expect oh i expect to have two thousand dollars in my bank account every week or i expect you to make us to make love five days a week and I expect it to happen on Saturdays. I expect a text from you every day, a morning text and an evening text every day. 
I expect us to have two or three conversations. I expect us to talk on video call <laughs> instead of voice call. Oh, I expect uh, even 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 when I'm sick or when you're sick, I still expect you to talk to me, even though you may not feel like talking. You know, I, I think that needs to and, and and respectfully, I don't think it needs to be judged as like, oh, I'm not going to go. Well, that's just too harsh. That's too much. I, I think what people do nowadays, they look at people's physical appearance and they say, OK, that looks good and i'll go with that and then then they start finding out all throughout the layers of the layers of being with them that they start to find all the you know their flaws and their true nature or their tr or their or their final form <laughs> you know like frieza <laughs> their final form and say oh shit oh this is the type of person you are and then it, but then you invested so much time in them and and i think when people start saying that at the beginning what's your expectations they feel like they're on the defense because in some ways they don't some ways i i feel like they don't know what to say you know so anyway i know i went off i went off on the tangent the deep end on that i know it was it was long than i i expected i know you some of you probably expecting a gun nut story i will definitely have a gun nut story tomorrow i will record it uh but anyway i i felt like this was um this honestly should have been part three of uh of well actually part four because part one and i'll, I'll end this i got like five more minutes and i gotta end it like how's your mental health was supposed to be a um a um a multi-series you know multi-episode and that was part one how's your mental health and then it came down to uh oh wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. sorry i i messed that up like how is your mental health today how to pick a mental health therapist and then and then my therapist firing me was part three and then finally part four is this one okay so i won't talk too much about mental health and, and the, probably the next time i will talk is probably after i do my exam how i did uh what what will i'll be doing as far as that facet you know and um because i'm doing a like i said i'm, I'm doing a multi-career move to be remote that is my plan the next three years to be remote um is to do that is i'm doing four different things well five different things one is counseling like I said, that's about to be wrapped up. And then number two is cybersecurity, which I'm looking into that. Just doing a bunch of um, education classes. And then I start in October or December. It might be October um, with this 26 weeks of cybersecurity um, stuff. And then three is copywriting, um, you know, something. And then also I'm also looking into AI and you know you know a little bit more of how to do let's say some of the things you can do with ai and especially with chat gbt instead of just using it just for lottery tickets i'm still <laughs> i'm still playing the lottery using chat gpt i want to be the first individual that wins a multi-million dollar lottery with chat gbt that is my that is that is my goal to do that okay and someone if someone were to ask if i had to be i don't know it could be the billion dollar lottery or the half a billion dollar I wouldn't give it a damn if i had to be interviewed which i would hate that you know and they would ask what i hopefully i don't be interviewed because i really don't want to do that but i would have to tell someone if someone asked me how did you win the lottery i said i use chat gpt <laughs> Shit. 
and then being like oh shit you know so anyway all right but anyway it's hour and 15 minutes this is a pretty long one i it's probably the longest one i've had well no not one said the longest one but i'm not gonna split this up uh yeah we're gonna do it end it like this um yeah anyway check down um gorillaspitting.com check my merch uh, like I said, I will be doing a cup giveaway. Uh, I just need to, I, well, there's going to be, I'm going to list some rules on that one. Probably next week I'll list the rules of the, of the, um, the free coffee giveaway. It'll be quite easy. Like you either have to, you have to follow me on X and IG, IG and X and also send me an email <laughs> and then send me an email and knowing your names if you're on it then we'll go ahead and do it okay anyway this is uh gorillaspitting.com this gorillaspitting.com so stupid gorillaspitting episode 18 i don't know what i'm going to title this yet i'll probably title it tomorrow and put it on ig and twitter and uh we'll have that okay and i will see you guys on the flip side uh, stay focused, never settle, and good hunting. Stairs out.